Welcome to Gateway Church Wirral Online. We're so delighted that you're with us this morning. So great that you can be a part of our live streamed gathering. Just to welcome you to this space and what we're all about. Um, to say that we as a church, we're all about seeing people meet with God, encounter him for all his goodness and his grace and for lives to be changed by him. As a church, we want to see a world transformed, made better and better through every life transformed by the grace of God. So our hope and our prayer for you today, meet with Jesus in the things that we're saying, in the things that we're singing, in the way that we're opening up the word of God, which is alive for us today. We want you to know Jesus, know that he loves you, know that he has a plan for your life. And as we're going through our gathering this morning, do please connect with us here in this live stream space. You can fill in our connection card. The tab, I think, is at the top of your screen. Request prayer if you'd like to. There are great, friendly people who would love to pray with you. And do just connect with us in any and every way that you'd love to. As a church, we gather. That's what we're about today. When we come to the close of our gathering, I'll tell you how you can connect with us going forward into the week. So have a really great time. Be blessed. Enjoy yourself and enjoy Jesus, we pray. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Gateway Church. And we're online and so happy to be joining you um, in your homes or wherever you are catching up with us uh, during the week. Um, of course, it's not perhaps what we would want, um, not being present here in the building, but we took the decision um, that both to really honor and love you well um, and to allow for us to engage fully in the life of the church and what God is doing. This was the, the right choice for this season. We will, of course, um, keep you updated um, via our usual channels as to the, the changes and the evolving picture as it goes along. So do please make sure um, that you're on our church messaging. Um, you'll need to save um, the church number um, to receive our WhatsApp messages. So make sure you're doing that. Connect in your transform communities and they'll really help you um, not only to, to know togetherness and support and love, uh, but also to be a part of what we believe God is doing through us as a church in this season. There are some really exciting things coming down the tracks. And so we don't want you to miss out. And of course, today, uh, we begin the well-being journey, and we're believing that this is going to just be a really profound season, um, not only for all of us, but for those that you're inviting. So I would encourage you, make sure that you are inviting people to come along. We're going to see how it is that God wants to speak into every area of our lives. He wants to speak his wisdom, his love, his grace, and the fullness of life that can only be found in him. So we're going to be unpacking that over these weeks in our transform communities and through our youth and children's provision as well. Um, so do please connect with all of these things. Right now, can I invite you um, there at home? Why don't you stand with us? We're going to spend some time worshiping and celebrating our good God and the good things that he's doing in us and through us. So let's join together and celebrate his goodness today. Good morning. Good morning. It's so great to have you with us. Even though we can't be in the building, we know that this building is not the church. We, the people, are the church. So we can still meet together and still come around the Word of God and have an amazing morning together, which I know we're going to have. Happy New Year. I wasn't here last week. Happy New Year. I missed you. I missed I miss being in the building, but I was still at home watching along. And Greg's right. I, I was in my dressing gown with a cup of tea. He wasn't wrong. Okay, so this morning we're going to burn a little bit of energy. We're going to get off our bums, so get off the couch wherever you're sitting. Stand up, everybody. Everybody in the middle. That's right, Greg, you can stand up too. Okay, okay, stretch it off. Shit those legs, shit those arms. Okay, there we go, touch your toes. Oh, can't do it. Nothing reminds you how old you are, like trying to touch your toes. Okay, oh, okay, we feeling limber. Right, okay, this morning, I've got a little challenge for you. You need to keep your eyes closed. So close your eyes. Put your hands over your eyes. No cheating, no peeking. Now you're going to balance on one leg. Can you do that? Oh, it's hard enough when you can see. Okay, now, keeping on one leg, I want you to spin. Keep your eyes closed. I want you to spin, hopping on one leg. Can you hop? Spin around, spin around. Keep your eyes closed. No cheating, no peeking. Parents too. Let's go, let's go. Okay, keep going, keep going. Keep going, keep your eyes closed. And can you stop and point to the television? Oh. Did you get it right? Or were you, just, were you a bit disorientated? Did anyone fall on the bottom? Should we try again? Let's try it one more time. Right, on, your, on one leg. Close your eyes. No peeking. Hop, spin around. Ooh. Keep going, keep going. Now stop, keep your eyes closed. Give the person next to you a high five. Did you smack them in the face? Or did you get it? 
It's tricky, isn't it? When you can't see, things that we can normally do get a little bit difficult when there's darkness and there's not any light. It gets a little bit difficult. And that's what I'm going to be talking about this morning, darkness and light. Okay, Because those two things are in the world, aren't they? Darkness and light. And darkness, when we read about darkness in the Bible, it describes all sorts of things from sadness to pain to loneliness to worry, all those kind of things. And, and at the moment, you might be feeling some of those things. There's a lot of, of darkness in the world, isn't there, at the moment, and things look a little bit different. Maybe you're not in, going into school anymore. School is at home now. Your teachers don't look the same. Your teachers have now transformed into your parents And parents, I'm sure you do an absolutely wonderful job. You don't need to be the best teacher in the world. Your children just need to be you. You're doing a brilliant job. But kids, things look different, don't they? And maybe you're missing your friends. And you're missing family members who don't live in your house. And maybe you haven't seen them in a while. And there's a lot of of sadness in the world and worry in the world and loneliness right now. And there's a lot of darkness, isn't there? But the brilliant thing that we learn from the Bible is that Jesus is the what? Jesus is the light of the world. And Jesus came to bring light into all that darkness. And and darkness will never, ever, ever be able to put out that light, that light of our Lord Jesus. So I'm going to light this candle. This is Jesus. It's a big candle. I just chose the biggest one in the box because, of course, it's the most impressive. There we go. There's Jesus. Okay. And now Jesus says that says in the Bible, he says, I am the light of the world. And Jesus came to bring, to shine his light into the world, into the darkness, that we, it wouldn't consume us anymore, that there is light, that there is hope, that there is goodness, that there is God's love in the world. But Jesus said, as much as he is the light of the world, he said that if you believe in him, you can be the light of the world as well. He says that, that you can bring light, you can be like the house up on a hill. It cannot be hidden and he said, when, when you light a, a candle to bring, to bring light, before there was electricity, when you, when you light that candle to bring light, you don't put a ball over it and put it out. It brings light to the darkness we can see. We couldn't see when we covered our eyes, could we? And maybe we couldn't figure out where we were and we couldn't find the television. And maybe you smacked someone in the face instead of giving them a high five. It's difficult in the darkness. But when there is light, you can see and there is hope and there is love. So what I'm going to think about is what kind of light we think of when we think about us being the light of the world. Now then, I'm going to light two different candles here. I'm going to light this one. Okay. And maybe this could be us shining some light into the darkness of the world. Or maybe, maybe this could be us. There we go. It's building suspense. Shout some suspense for music. Woo! Here we go, let me pick this one up. When you look at these two, which one would you want to be? If you were being the light of the world, bringing light into the world, not the light of the world, that's Jesus, sorry. If you were bringing light into the world and shining God's light and shining God's love, which one do you want to be? Do you want to be this, 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 this little steady little light here? Or do you want to be this big, shining, crazy light, bringing all of God's love, shining it everywhere, being super impressive, looking super amazing? Maybe you're thinking, oh, I could, I could shine God's light into the world by, by having God use me to heal all these thousands of people or to bring thousands of people to God and do all of these incredible, amazing things. Maybe that's you. Do you want to be this, this light in the world? I think, I think maybe we would choose that if we were choosing between the two of them, wouldn't we? This little light or this big one. We want to be impressive. We want to be that big, dynamic difference in the world, don't we? Shining God's love into the world. Really dramatically, really obviously, standing out against everything else. Oh. oh but what's happened to this light now? Oh, it was so impressive. But did it last? It didn't last, did it? We can't keep that up. It's not what, God, what Jesus was talking about when he was saying that we can bring light into the world. He wasn't saying so you can be this big, dramatic center of attention in everybody's face, screaming about Jesus, showing it in their faces, saying, look, this is God, love him. That's not what people need, is it? And it runs out. You can't keep it up. 
Because sometimes we have good days and sometimes we have bad days and we can't be ultra amazing all the time. This is what people need. This light that keeps on burning. They need constant light because in the darkness, if you've got this big crazy light that just burns out, that's not going to show God's love, is it? That's going to run out. We need a light that doesn't run out and this is what Jesus provides for us. This is what God's love provides for us. Not a light that we can shine into the world for a little bit and then it runs dry. If you've got the love of Jesus within you and you're shining your light out into the world, that is the love of Jesus. It doesn't run out. It doesn't stop. And look what happens when people get close to you and they spend time with you. You spread that love. You share that love around. Fire catches, doesn't it? It spreads. And that's the love of Jesus that we can bring. When we're talking about being the light of the world, in this time where there's so much darkness in the world, if you love Jesus, then you can share his love with everybody you know, whether or not you can get close to them right now. That doesn't matter. You can still share his love with everybody that you know. It's not about being the most impressive looking, doing the most impressive things. It's about just constantly sharing the love of God, no matter what, that steady, steadfast love of God. Thank you very much. Should have brought a fire extinguisher with me. I could have just helped you out there. I love the devotion. I don't know whether you could see it on camera, but the devotion to realism here in that that blazing little torch was actually in a cake. Um, I, I really enjoy it. I, I, you know, we don't, don't mess about here. There's actual cake. If only you were here to enjoy it with us at the end of the gathering. Um, we, we'll tell you what it tastes like. Um, one thing that really kind of resonated with me there as we begin into what we're going to talk about with the well-being journey is that there's no way that a gateway church we're ever going to say to you, just try a bit harder. Or just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Or if you just pull yourself together and pull your finger out, then then you'll get through and you'll get better and, and everything will be okay. Absolutely not. We recognize that in all things, we need to be fully rooted in our God, in his love, in his grace, in his power. Not only that, but we recognize that we need to be then joined together by God. You know, the Bible talks about the church of Jesus Christ, um, yet not being a building so much as being a body, as being something that is so intimately uh, connected together, uh, resourcing, enabling, encouraging one another. And so as we begin this well-being journey, I want to encourage you into a couple of things. Um, One is, look, it's great to have you here with us as part of our online gatherings, but that's not where the journey ends. In fact, it's just the beginning. Um, For each and every one of us, what we would love for you to do is a couple of things. We want you to be um, as part of one of our transformed communities. Those are mid-sized groups. We, we call them, they're like extended families, folks who are loving and serving one another, praying and caring for one another, and going together in the mission of God in the world that is bringing that love and care and that transforming power into our world. You know, maybe individually small candles, but join together, that's a pretty powerful thing. And so I would encourage you, make sure you're a part of one of our transformed communities. As part of the well-being journey. Um, There's going to be additional video content through those transformed communities and times to discuss things together, pray together, and encourage one another. So make sure you're a part of one of those. If you're not yet, message us in the online environment or or text our church prayer line. We'll connect you. The other thing is, and I think there's probably an image of it coming on screen for you, uh, we have a a book. It's a devotional uh, book that's going to enable you to absolutely maximize this time over the next eight weeks in this uh, well-being journey. I know a number of you, you've put in your requests already, and we're going to be distributing those through the week. But if you've not yet, uh, we have them available at the knockdown price of five pounds, and we'd love to get one of those to you. Um, and you can also get it as an ebook uh, from Amazon or elsewhere if you prefer. Um, and look, if, if, you, if you're new to us as a church, we want to go one better than that. Uh, just let us know uh, that you're connecting with us through this journey, and we'll get a copy um, to you for free uh, to bless you now. What is this well-being journey? What, what is well-being, in fact? You know, you might think it's just kind of a modern term, a bit of a buzzword. Maybe it seems a bit woolly to you. So let's just do some definition right at the outset. 
the Oxford Dictionary, it defines it as the state of being comfortable, healthy, and happy. Sounds pretty good. And an article in Psychology Today adds this, having good mental health, high life satisfaction, and a sense of meaning or purpose. More generally, well-being is just feeling well. That's pretty simple, isn't it? I'm sure we could all agree that's something that we would desire. It's easy to define, but harder to find or maintain, it seems. In 2018, there was a survey in the UK, and they found that 74% of British adults had felt so stressed at some point over the previous year, they felt overwhelmed or unable to cope. That's 2018, you know, with no pandemic to cope with. And it's not only just adults either. Sadly, um, further research in the UK suggests that over 75% of mental health problems begin, at least, before the age of 25. For both adults and for young people and children, isolation, it's a growing issue. Uh, not just in lockdowns, but generally within our society. And though we have so much technology and you know, we're blessed to have this online environment, technology it can be well a bit of a, a double-edged sword sometimes. Social media use can enable connection on the one hand, but on the other hand, sometimes burdens us with the, the cares of the world that well, we really can't change. And sometimes pressures us with living up to what we, what we think is what other people's lives look like when actually it's just a bit of a, a curated version of the truth. Personally, I'm very conscious of the many burdens that are being carried uh, by many of you in our church family. As you may know, every day um, I, I pray for around about a dozen of you by name and, and I message you um, to ask if there's anything you would like me to pray for. And you know, I hugely appreciate those of you who reply and you let me know uh, your requests and, and, and your thanks. I'm moved, in fact, uh, by the many needs that you are attending to on behalf of your loved ones, the many things that, that each of you are praying into um, for yourselves. I'm aware uh, that you have a lot to think about, a lot to care for, and a lot to pray for. Sometimes these things... Uh, yes, prayer being a wonderful invitation, yet sometimes these things can, can, can accumulate, can't they? It can seem a bit like a burden, a bit of a pressure. I was invited just recently to think about it like this, to imagine, you know, take an apple from your fruit bowl and then, I don't know, go to the garage or wherever and, and grab a vice, you know, the kind of thing that you would hold wood if you were going to saw it or something like that, but, but pop the apple into the vice. Start cranking that handle. And the vice starts tightening. It gets tighter and tighter. The apple would get initially compressed, wouldn't it? Maybe a bit thinner, a bit, a bit thinner in the middle, a bit fatter on the ends, and it's going to look like it's going to burst, and maybe that's a little bit of how we feel with the burdens and the pressures of life, with, vi with the virus, with social distancing, with, with quarantining or lockdowns. These things, they squeeze us. They squeeze our patience, they squeeze our, our, our finances, they squeeze our nerves, maybe they even squeeze our faith. And it gets tighter and tighter until it feels like we're going to explode. And with these long winter evenings, Erin, um, my wife and I, we, we, we decided we would, we would watch all of the Lord of the Rings extended editions over the evenings. It, it's an excellent way to spend some uh, dark nights outside. And it surprised me how many times I wanted to quote Lord of the Rings in general life. Um, but there's definitely one that really sprang out, and it was uh, from, from Bilbo, and he says it to, I'm going to say all these names like you know them. You may not know them, but bear with me. Um, Bilbo um, says to Gandalf, um, you can tell this is not normal, uh, but he says to him, I feel thin, sort of stretched, like butter scraped over too much bread. Yeah? That's a real resonant image, isn't it? So whether you feel perhaps like a, an apple being pressed or like butter scraped over too much bread, we get that sense. But one more turn of the vice perhaps on that apple and eventually it's going to give. It, it's going to burst. And maybe that's how you feel. Maybe it's just that, that, that one straw that broke the camel's back, as they say. Something maybe in itself, not, not a big thing, but on top of everything else, all the pressures that have accumulated. Now, 
recognize this in that kind of illustration, that were you to squeeze that apple and it, were it to burst, what comes out was what was already on the inside. It's nothing new. And the same is true of us. The pressures of life and the pressures of these seasons, they don't change what is on the inside of us. They just bring them out, and sometimes in pretty devastating ways. Now, here's what we're learning right at the beginning of this well-being journey. Actually, many of us, many people in our society, and these statistics make the point, we've been living on empty or pretty low for far too long. And in one or more area of our lives, our well-being has been depleted. Over the course of this journey, we're going to refer to, to a number of dials. I think they're going to be coming up on your screen now. And in these various areas of our life, um, you know, imagine them like you would perhaps on a car dashboard if you see the, the fuel going down or the, the, the temperature going up. Each dial, I want you to think about them as like a tank. And if you get the book, it'll explain this really, really well to you. All of these tanks are what we need for a life of well-being. They're in six areas of our lives. There's our physical life, our emotional life, our spiritual life, relational life, our financial life, and our vocational life. And they're all related, interconnected, and each of them vital for our well-being. This is what we need to be full of. Dials ticked up to a healthy place so that should the pressure come upon our lives, and, and let's face it, coronavirus or no coronavirus, pressures do come upon our lives, don't they? But then we will still be enabled and able by God's grace to enjoy the life that God has for us. So we're setting out on a journey of well-being. When you set out on a long journey, what do you do? You check that things are topped up. Your washer fluid, your fuel, you check the oil. Make sure things are topped up. Over the next eight weeks, we're going to be looking at how we um, invest in each area of our life. But this morning, we're going to unpack a little bit of the source, how it is that we get fuel for the journey in all these areas, and how it is that we embark upon the journey. Right now, as we begin... Maybe you just want to do a bit of thinking about where you are and where you stand and the pressures of life in your experience. Do you know that you're, you're full? Do you feel depleted? One or more area? Well, come on. Let's come to God and let's, yes, worship him who is always the fullness of fullness and can offer us absolutely everything that we need. Let's praise him together. We praise God. We praise God that not only does he call us friends if we're in him, but that he calls us to be in him in the first place. And look, if that's your experience, I'm sure you'll have been celebrating uh, with, the, with the, the team here leading us. Uh, but if you don't know yet what it is to be a friend of God, can I encourage you? Just simply request prayer in this online environment. And some of our hosts would be more than glad um, to explain that to you and to help you in beginning your journey with God. And here we are. Continuing in our journey with God, this, this well-being journey. How do you go about a journey? We've talked about those dials. We've talked about what it is that, that fills up our tanks. But there's much that, that helps us to, to set our course for success in journeying with God. The first thing we want to talk about is following the best directions for greater well-being. Do you set out on a journey simply assuming that you know the way and you will get it absolutely right? If you do, can I suggest, well, firstly, you're probably a man, um, and I speak from experience. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't always work out that way. And uh, I, I suppose my, my kids are, are well used to this. Um, we just turned around um, my little girl's seat in the, in the back seat of the car. That is a major life step for her. She's very excited about it. But of course, that means now there are two of them in the back telling me that I'm going the wrong way. Um, I, I, I'm not entirely sure what that means. Um, they tell me that I should be going right when I'm going left, um, yet neither of them actually consistently know which way is right and left. Um, so I'm not going to um, go with, with their directions. Truth is, I'm not great at taking direction anyway. But if we go on a journey or a hike, more importantly, if we go on the journey of life, we can't simply wing it. 
and hope for things to always work out for us. We need not only directions, but access to the best possible directions. I remember when um, Apple launched its uh, Maps app in competition with Google Maps. I don't know whether any, any of you kind of got it, and then you were wondering, why does it not seem to work out quite how I expected it to work out? Turns out they hadn't quite done the work before they launched the app, to the extent that if I'm right, I think I'm right, they, they totally forgot to include the country of Sweden. Um, that would seem like quite a big miss. Um, but you, you've got to get the very best possible direction. I think they fixed it by now. But you've got to get the best possible directions. Now, look, there are countless resources out there in our world about different aspects of well-being. I said the word is very popular these days. You can find podcasts and YouTube videos, blogs, articles, books. In fact, it can be quite overwhelming. And in fact, if you look at all of these materials, you'll find that there's huge amounts of contradictory advice as to how you can know well-being in life. Well, what do we do? Well, as you'll see throughout this journey, in fact, all areas of well-being are mapped out with consistency and grace in one amazing resource. It's the Bible. You know, there's no need to have confusion as to which way to go in your life. We have access to the best possible map. It's over 1,900 years since the, the, even the very last parts of it were written, far longer since the first parts, and yet it remains year on year on year the best-selling book out there. In fact, I'm always amused to learn that it's not only the most bought book, but it's actually the most shoplifted book as well. Uh, you know, people just really want its wisdom, no matter what it takes. And it also is the book that has informed so much of our society and culture, even in ways that we might not recognize. Now think about it. Even the, you know, you, you look at your calendar, we've just turned from 2020 into 2021, and we're, we're all pretty glad to do so. Uh, but every year of human history, is, it turns on the hinge of the coming of the Bible's central character, Jesus Christ. And we talk about BC and AD, and we, we actually map the, the history of humanity based on the coming of Jesus in the Bible. Much of popular culture and even many of the, the phrases that we use today are inspired by words from the Bible. Things like when we say the blind leading the blind, or eat, drink, and be merry, or by the skin of your teeth, or when folks have feet of clay, all of these things and more, they come directly from the words of the Bible. The law of our land, of our country, it's, it's founded upon the principles and practices of the Bible. And, and when we've needed it, movements of reform and even the outright revolution have come from the thinking of the Bible as well. You think of things like the abolition of slavery or the, the founding of hospitals and hospices in our country, child labor reform, and, and many more things have all come when people have really said, okay, how is the Bible leading us to a better way? Sometimes we, we think about these things, and maybe we would acknowledge these things, but we say, well, I just don't have the time to, to really dig into the Bible to find out how it is that God wants me to live. Well, in 2020, unsurprisingly, surveys showed that on average people had, well, a bit extra free time. On average, six hours of extra time without having to perhaps commute to the office or, or without the opportunity to engage with some of the other things that we would do with our life. And yet the same survey showed that engagement with the Bible, which has been declining sadly in recent years, continued to decline over 2020. Well, maybe it's not time that's the issue. Maybe it's us. Maybe we need a reset in our thinking about the Bible and the value that we see it having and having in our lives. Now, here's some more inspiration for you then. Many historical figures have long recognized the importance of the Bible. In a moment, we'll see why. George Washington, the first U.S. president, said, it's impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. I would suggest it's impossible to rightly govern your own life without God and the Bible. Napoleon, of all people, was quoted as saying, the Bible is no mere book, but a living creature with a power that conquers all who oppose it. No mere book. 
In fact, we know that the Bible is not like any other book, primarily because of its author. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, we can read that the Bible says, all scripture is inspired by God. In other versions of the Bible, it says it's God breathed. It's so much a part of him. It's inspired by God. And it's useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And add in these words from Psalm 119 and verse 105 where we're encouraged that we can find the truth and the way for our lives in its pages. The Bible says there, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. We need the Bible because we have a constant need for redirection. You know, the Bible isn't just a religious thing for religious people, those who are wired that way. It's because every single human heart, each of us, you and me, we are all inclined to go off track without the Bible, without its framework for living. We think we know the way, but at best, we know just a little bit of the way. The Bible, because of God, because of its author, has the whole picture for us. Let's think again about this idea of well-being. What does the Bible have to say about well-being in general? Well, you know, the word itself, well-being, it's not found in the pages of the Bible. But it does contain uh, this word, shalom. And in the Old Testament, that Hebrew word features more than 250 times. And there's a word meaning peace again in the New Testament um, that features more than 90 times. And, And whilst these words in the Bible, they're often translated as peace, We might think of peace as perhaps the absence of conflict. In fact, what the Bible is talking about is so much more. Pastor Dave Smith, in the book that we're recommending to you, he describes it like this. He says, it is a much richer word encompassing wholeness, health, and harmony. Shalom means taking joy in and being rightly related to God, to others to oneself and to the created world. In summary, it is about experiencing complete well-being in every area of life. Wow, complete well-being in every area of life. That's what shalom means. That's what that biblical concept of peace is, that wholeness, because it's found in God. And because God is the author of the Bible, the Bible can point us in the way to this. You know, there are many, many helpful books with with bits of the puzzle, pieces of the jigsaw. I was doing a jigsaw yesterday with my kids um, on the floor, and um, and they were very excited to begin the jigsaw. But but basically, even though I know they've done this dozens of times before, um, as soon as the box was opened, it was as though they had no idea what a jigsaw was. And there we've got Nora kind of running off with pieces and, and, and Judah demanding that he knows exactly what he's doing as he forces things together. Look, it's fine if we have bits of the puzzle, but unless it comes together rightly, you're not going to end up with anything good in the end. The Bible alone is the comprehensive picture of whole life wellness. And so why don't you offer your whole life to God now as we come again in worship? Offer your life again to God. Invite him to be Lord of your life and to direct you through his word to wholeness. And in a moment, we'll unpack a little bit more about what that might look like. Jesus. Oh dear God, we do thank you with all of our hearts that we are yours and you are ours. That you are our God and we are your people. So God, we are so, so content, Lord Jesus, and also so, so eager, so full of, uh, of hope, Lord God, to be knowing that our lives are in your hands. Lord Jesus Christ, we would echo the words of that song, make them our prayer, that Spirit, you would lead us. Lead us on this journey. For we know that we need you. Amen. Amen. So now we continue in our thinking about that journey. And what we're recognizing even there as we're singing is that this is not, this is not merely kind of just assimilating information and, and kind of mechanically putting these things into practice. Rather, in the Bible and through God's own spirit, opening up 
the Bible to us, we are encountering the living God himself, that he wants to know us, that he wants to love us, that he wants relationship with us, that he wants that we might know and love him also, and that we might journey with him. So not only are we going to the Bible for all of its uh, fullness of wisdom, but we're going there to find God. And so we come to our second um, thought, really, about how we journey in wellness for the day, and that is to seek expert guidance for greater well-being. You ever been on a, a walk or a hike in a beauty spot and and, and you see everyone around you confidently picking their track and striding off purposefully while you stare at that faded, broken map by the entrance or are wandering around with your phone trying to get 4G so that you know which way to go. Um, the reason that kind of came so quickly is we were just in Delamere Forest and we got to a point, um, we knew how to get to the Gruffalo which is the most important point, obviously. Uh, but beyond that, I didn't exactly know which way to go, and so there I am, skating across the ice to the map and wondering how on earth we're supposed to go. Turns out I should have just spoken to Erin because she knew which way to go. Did I mention that I'm a man? Um, but anyhow, um, you see everybody getting on with what they're doing. It seems like they're expert, and you might seem totally unsure of which way to go. Well, what would be better to ask? And to have an expert to show you the way. Look, here is the benefit of asking help from your point of need. Look, there's no point in pretending. There's no point in saying, oh, I'm absolutely fine. No, ask from your point of need. Because if you get expert help to come to you where you are, not only do they know what they're talking about, but they also know where you're at and what the directions look like from where you're going. Now, there is good news for us. No matter what our points of need are, no matter what is going on with us, no matter what the journey looks like ahead for us, there is somebody who knows everything about well-being and they know everything about you. In Judges chapter 6 and verse 24, the Bible tells us that this somebody, God, the Lord, is peace. It's that word shalom, what we've been talking about in terms of well-being. We're saying that God is whole and complete well-being. Not only does God know everything about your health and your wholeness, but he actually is those things to and for us. He is shalom. He is well-being. He is the source of everything that deep down inside we know we need. And not just for one aspect of life, you know, the fact of the matter is God knows more about your financial peace than any financial advisor, no matter how good they might be. He knows more about your physical well-being than any fitness instructor or nutritionist. He knows more about your emotional well-being than any counselor. He knows more about your spiritual well-being than any pastor or theologian. Psalm 139 and verse 14 just tells us how brilliantly God knows us and how much he cares for us. Here's how it goes. Oh yes, you, that is God, shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, oh high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watch me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. That is how intimately and wonderfully God knows you. And because he loves you, look, this is a precious picture because he wants you to flourish. He wants you to flourish in him. So we seek expert guidance. We seek God. And then lastly, what we're going to encourage each and every one of us is not only go to uh, the, the, the best directions for the journey, not only within there seek the expert guidance of God, but also this, travel with others for greater well-being. 
Now, here's a funny thing. If I'm on a journey and I get lost, if the sat-nav seems to be sending me in the wrong direction, um, you can ask, but I, I get a bit flustered. And, uh, and it gets worse if there are people in the car with me. So if Erin's there, uh, you know, I don't know why, but I, I don't know whether it's this sense that I really ought to know where I'm going and be much better than this. Um, it's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? But I get more and more flustered. But if you were to ask me, even though it might seem like I'm getting cheesed off, would I want to be on my own and lost? Well, the answer's no. I'd much rather be with people who can help me if I'll just you know, dial it down a bit and calm down. I wouldn't want to be alone. I'd want to be with people. Again, the Bible, these incredible directions, speaks to this. And in Ecclesiastes 4, we read these words, two are better than one. They have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Uh, chances are you've probably heard those words in a, in a wedding ceremony once upon a time, but it's not just about that particular coupling, as precious as that is. In fact, that these words speak into every aspect of Christian community. As a church, we affirm over and over again the immeasurable value of Christian community. In fact, the Bible, it just simply does not know of the concept of individual Christians going it on their own. They just don't exist. Look for them. You won't find them. Over and over again, the Bible encourages us to journey together in community. So you've heard me already multiple times this morning talk about our transformed communities. I would affirm to you, and the evidence has been there over recent months, we need them more than ever. How are you connected with your transformed community? Not, not, not maybe or not if, but, but, but how? How are you deepening that connection one with another? And as we go through the well-being journey, you'll find that you get so much more out of this journey than if you just simply um, look at your screen once every Sunday. Not only that, but we're, we're finding other ways to connect together. Every, every evening at 8 p.m. through the week, except Sundays, we're there on Facebook or YouTube with a, just a brief, simple devotional from the Scriptures as we read through the Bible together. We practice reading the Moravian daily text day by day. Get in touch with us. We'd love to include you. You can't do this on your own. We need one another. And, and may I say, um, if you are finding yourself struggling in any way, if you have practical needs or financial needs or emotional needs or any of these kinds of things, can I encourage you? Would you reach out to us? Would you just let us know through your transformed community, through our church prayer line, get in touch with us on Sundays or whichever way you, you please. But let us know. We want to journey together, most particularly in these tough times. Now, as we come into a close, beginning our journey, that's great. Uh, my hope and my prayer is that you'll have some, some aspiration for the journey, that you'll start to take God at his word and believe that he wants to do incredible things in your life. But here's a bit of guidance. Don't overdo it. Don't overdo it. Have you ever been to the gym? Maybe not at the moment, but I remember when I started going to the gym and, uh, and they give you that little tour around all of the equipment and show you how to do it. And of course, you kind of do everything wrong the first time, uh, or at least I did. Um, but then you kind of let loose on your own. I think, right, I'm going to absolutely hammer this. And you just go for it and give it everything that you've got on every piece of equipment. You get home and you're like, well, that wasn't too bad. That's all right. But then it, if, you're, if you're like me, um, you wake up the next day and... Wow, you kind of wish you hadn't woken up the next day because, uh, oh my goodness, everything is in pieces. Don't overdo it. Think about those, those dials that we showed you earlier on. Maybe we could have them on the screen again. Maybe just think about what area of life is the Holy Spirit really highlighting to you? What thing do you know you're depleted in? And, and you're saying, well, actually, God, could we start here, please? Could you help me with this? Because this is what I really, really need. There's one thing, you remember those candles, that, that one candle really set a light. It might not seem so much, 
But when we're all joined together, each of us growing in the health and wholeness that God has for us, I tell you, that, that's a sight to see. Maybe for you, you don't even really know how to begin. Maybe you've, you've never really journeyed or encountered with God. Maybe you don't know how to approach him in the way that I've been saying and say, help me, God. Maybe you think you can't. Can I tell you? Yes, you can. And here's how. Right now, you just say to God, help, help. God, I know I need you. And God, even as we've been talking and encountering you today, I know that you love me. I know that so much of my life is lacking. In fact, the biggest lack of my life is that I don't have you. Please, God, can I know you? Can I know your power at work within my life, changing me, renewing me, and helping me to enter this journey. Again, if that's you, request prayer this morning. We'd love to pray with you and help you and support you in this journey. You know, I mentioned earlier how it is that I message different ones of you each and every day and I talked about the various burdens that you're carrying, that feeling. And you know, as, as you share with me the different burdens that you're carrying, you know, in, in a sense it feels like I'm kind of shouldering them alongside you. And I, you know, I was chatting with somebody the other week and saying how I felt like it was a bit too much to be honest for me. I felt quite inadequate, really quite weary. And I was talking about it with God. And you might expect the answer to be that actually, well, Greg, you're not supposed to shoulder everyone's burdens. That's God's business. But do you know what God really spoke to me? And he said, Greg, you can help shoulder folks' burdens. But here's some wisdom for you. You don't have to shoulder them very far. Because when we're journeying together, here's the truth. If, if I'm shouldering some of your burdens with you, I'm only taking them to the Father. And he's never very far away. Not only that, but I know that I'm, I'm yoked together with Jesus Christ. And so truth is, I'm not shouldering very much at all. He's doing the heavy lifting. And so we go to the Father. Moreover, I'm full of the Holy Spirit. So that whatever energy and strength I need for that journey is from him also. God gives us everything that we need. Everything that we need. So let's journey these things together. If you're new to this, come on, journey with us. We'd love to have you along. Here we are at the start of a new year. Last week, I brought a word that was quite challenging, and I think rightly so. But this week, we're starting to understand where is the source of everything we need so that we can rise to the challenge. There's a, a poem that you may have come across. It's called The Gate of the Year by a lady named Minnie Louise Haskins. It's quite old now, first published in 1908. But, but in 1939, King George, he read the poem as part of a New Year message then. 1939, so much uncertainty, so much heartache, so much fear and anxiety of the future as the country, indeed the world, stood on the brink of war. We read these words, and you'll need to read the whole poem for yourself, time doesn't permit now, but the opening lines, I think, are perhaps just what we need to hear at the opening of this very particular year, at the beginning of this well-being journey, and they go like this, and I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown, and he replied, Go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. So I went forth and finding the hand of God, trod gladly into the night. And he led me towards the hills and the breaking of day in the lone east. Come on, let's pray together. This morning, Jesus, above all, in all, for all, through all, we are acknowledging that we need you. We need you, the very light of the world. We need you, the safe harbor of our stormy lives. We need you, the strong hand into which we place our weak and faltering hands. 
We need you who are the way and the truth and the life. And so, God, we resolve at the turning of this year, seeing all of the challenge ahead of us. And, and God, please that we would have appetite for the challenge. But seeing it all, we recognize that you are all that we need. God, you are our hope and you are our prayer. You are shot through every page of this beautiful book, the Bible, and, and your brilliance shines from it. Your expert and loving hand of guidance, please God, be upon us. Bring us into your peace. And Lord God, we pray not only for ourselves. God, we're praying for everyone here gathered, those who might hear this message. But God, we're praying this for our friends, our families, our colleagues, our neighbors. We're praying it for the fearful people of our communities, Lord Jesus. We're praying it for the people who are struggling with, with, with pressure that's bringing out anger or, or pressure that's bringing out despair. Lord Jesus Christ, we pray, God, even through us, would you lead others to know you as the hope for their lives. God, I pray even now, Lord, if we've got names in our minds or our hearts, let us be offering them to you and let us be resolving to go to them this week with this message of hope and of well-being. And if perhaps not, God, would you deposit a name in our hearts, in our minds. Send us, we pray, in whatever ways we can so that others may know you are our hope of all well-being. In your name we pray. Amen. Come on. Let's close with worshiping this wonderful God. If you're part of our church, you might want to make your giving part of your worship right now and our hosts will show you how. But pray and, and celebrate and ask God how you can go in all that he has for you. We'll look forward not only to being part of our transformed communities this week, but being here again next week. Why not bring somebody with you? God bless you. See you later. Once again, it's been such a delight to be able to share together as a church this morning. And uh, we know uh, that taking what God has been doing in our lives, we can go and have wonderful weeks with him. Just to um, invite you um, to journey together with one another as we go through the week. We as a church, we don't just gather, but we get going into what God has for us together. And we have these things called transform communities. We would love to help you to connect with other like-minded people who are exploring God's goodness and grace and seeing how they can be a part of his transforming work in the world. So again, hit us up, get in touch. We'd love to help you to connect. Anything that you need, any prayer requests, do let us know. And we'll love to see you again this time next week. God bless you and bye for now.